Hello and welcome to the 160th of a second photography podcast. We've got an interesting topic today and we'll talk about the topic in a moment. And before I introduce my new guest, I just want to say if you are an iTunes listener, please do leave a review so that we get a few stars and a few more people will pick up the podcast and start listening. My guest today is Strat and he is a photographer from way up north. Strat, would you just like to introduce yourself? Uh, good morning or afternoon or possibly evening, uh, depending when you're listening to this. And, and in what time zone as well? True, yeah. Uh, <laughs> UK time zone. I'm from Scotland where the sun never shines, uh, just outside Glasgow. And I've been doing photography now for about seven years as a hobby. Thank you. That That is a great introduction. The sun is shining in the UK where I am, which is quite unusual. And for our, our worldwide listeners, it's, it generally rains and is cold for nine months of the year, I'd say, in the UK. I, I don't know. If, if that's a fair a fair cast of the UK, but that's what it feels like to me. But it is a nice day today, and I'm indoors doing uh, an internet podcast on such a lovely day. But today's topic is selfie sticks. Do you know what a selfie stick is, Strat? Yes, I briefly owned one. I won it in a competition. Um, what, what, what competition could you possibly win a selfie stick in? <laughs> it was one of these strange work lotteries where you pay a pound and... They draw a little number out of a hat and you could win a wonderful prize. And there were some wonderful prizes, such as uh, there was an Apple uh, iPad. Uh, there was a uh, £100 voucher for something. And mine was a selfie stick. And have you still have you still got the selfie stick? No, it went in the bin as soon as I got home. Well, I wish you'd kept it just um, just for our podcast purposes. So what, what are your thoughts on selfie sticks? Uh, uh, on the one hand, I don't mind. It's a it's a thing. It's one of these things that people use these days. I can see that it could possibly be useful for the purpose of taking a selfie with your hand at a slight distance. But I hate walking around and seeing lots of people with them. Uh, I was in London maybe two months ago and going over a bridge and every second person had their phone on the end of a selfie stick and I kept bumping into them and they kept hitting them off my head. So yeah, I'm not a fan no, I, I, I mean, are you a big selfie taker? Because I'm certainly not a big selfie taker. No, I have never taken a selfie, <laughs> ever. In fact, there isn't even a picture of me on any of the websites that I put my photography on, such as Purple Port or whatever. I don't have any selfies or pictures of me anywhere. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite an ug ugly bloke, so I, I don't really take selfies because... Um, I suppose I take pictures of other things, but I don't really take selfies. I'll take the occasional one of, of me and someone else, but I don't go somewhere and take a selfie with my face in the front and, I don't know, the the magnificent thing behind me. So I suppose it used to be the case that you would go somewhere, you take a picture of a landmark, but now it seems to be you go somewhere to a landmark and you take a selfie with you in front of that landmark. And that's something I really don't, I don't do that in all honesty. It's become a bit of a bit of a thing, the selfie stick. And I, I hate them, but I understand them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's kind of what I said there, that I do see why people have them and why they like them. Especially if you want to get more than one person in in the picture. It's good to be able to hold the camera at a distance and you and your often drunk friends can congregate around whatever landmark you're at and smile and have a little picture taken of all of you. But uh, it's just such a cliche. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I don't do selfies anyway. 
I'm, I wouldn't say, I'm stunningly, gorgeously good looking. I don't want to boast. So that's why I don't post selfies anywhere. So you, you don't have an Instagram account with you holding a phone up and taking a selfie and pouting um, for, for your millions of followers then? <laughs> uh, no. A curious thing though, I've seen that that sort of look is quite popular. The sort of selfie stick, how it frames things and how they hit the cropping for it. And I have actually taken some pictures deliberately recreating that look, just not with me in it. So I've left way more headroom than I would normally leave. Uh, I've got a picture of someone in front of an object and framed it to look a little bit like a selfie-style picture. And oddly, those are quite popular on Instagram. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, a traditional portrait lens, you're looking at your 85mm, maybe a 50mm. But because of the phenomenon of selfies, people are seeing, people are becoming more familiar with a portrait focal length of, you know, 28 millimetres, 35 millimetres, because that's how people consume portraits now. That's true. And I have recently bought a 35 millimetre lens, possibly to recreate that look. It may, it's maybe subconsciously to an extent, but you're probably true. Uh, I have seen so many of these type of pictures recently, and there's an awful, awful lot of really, really big Instagram accounts where if you look at the pictures, they're mostly taken with 35 mils or, or wider lenses kind of environmental or lifestyle portraiture sort of thing yeah i think certainly with that type of picture you want to get in the context of where you are and a 35 millimeter focal length is ideal for that anything more telephoto takes away that context of where you are what you're doing because ultimately that that's what it is it's i'm here i'm doing this is how i see a lot of instagram posts yeah uh, i agree and it's it's obviously become something that's now accepted and, and people like it. They like to see pictures like that uh, to the point where if I post a normal picture where I've cropped it normally and it's 85 mil or maybe even 50 mil, they aren't as popular as one that I'll post which is taking 35 mil with lots of the background in it. I think it's photography's changing, uh, I believe. Uh, a lot of the old guard stuff uh, just isn't popular anymore. The younger generation have been brought up with Instagram and Facebook and they're used to posting selfies or quick pictures taken in their phone with a couple of Instagram filters on the top of it. And a lot of those people are now moving into more sort of professional or advanced photography. And that's the mindset that they've still got. So rather than do the thing that possibly some of the older photographers and, and myself would have done, which is get into a studio, set your lights up, get an 85mm lens or a or 200 mil lens and, and get that nice kind of traditional portraiture look and make sure they left only so much headroom and you've not cropped the sides off. They're not thinking of that at all. All they're trying to do is recreate a look or an image of where they were at the time or what they were doing at the time. And if they're taking a photo of someone else, they're trying to get that same impression. So all the big popular Instagram accounts I've seen all have that look. And it's very much, as you said, getting in all of the background and showing where they are uh, and... It's, yeah, it's a totally different look from what we're used to, but it's definitely changed. Yeah, and it's it's, it's really interesting to talk about an in, in image aspiration, isn't it? So when I started taking portraits, I really aimed for getting, you know, compression, getting a background that didn't take away from my subject and putting all the emphasis on my subject. Whereas, like you say, the aspiration now is really to recreate what is the popular common Instagram cliche, really, of background telling you know the, the picture telling where you are what you're doing you can see it you can see everyone you can see the person's clothes so you know what they're doing if they're in their gym kit or you know things like that 
And I, I guess it's more about telling a story rather than taking a photograph. Yeah, it does. It has more narrative, or it's definitely easier to produce narrative because I think most people, when they take a picture, they want to have some sort of story or narrative behind it. And often that's difficult if you're in a studio setting. So you might get the model to be acting a certain way or a certain type of outfit, or you'll, you'll set a scene a certain way, and you'll try and force a narrative. Whereas if you're using the 35mm lens or that's a selfie stick idea of uh, taking a picture, the narrative just happens because you can see the, the whole scene where you are. It's more about what you're doing and where you are at the time. And it's not focused so much on the actual pose and things like this. So, yeah, so it's easier to push a story. I think using that sort of look. Definitely. Now, I have a selfie stick, but I didn't buy it for the reasons of taking selfies. I I, I think I was in Wilkinson's one day, or it's probably called Wilco. Do you, Have you ever been in that shop? Yes, there's one five minutes from me. S- similar to me. So for our international listeners, Wilco pretty much sell everything. I liken it to, to what Wards used to be. And again, some people won't know what Wards is because it died a death some time ago. But it, it, to me, it's the modern equivalent of Woolworths. And I saw a selfie stick for £3. And I, oh, so bloody selfie sticks, I thought. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, if I buy that, I've got a, a little tripod holder for my phone. And if I take the, the phone holder off, I've actually got an extendable stick with a quarter 20 tripod mount on for £3. So I thought, oh, I'll buy that. Because my plan was to be able to mount a flash on it and hold it up high so I had a stick to hold a flash and that's why I bought a selfie stick I've never used it for taking a selfie I've never used the phone attachment to attach my phone to a tripod but I have used it to hold a light above my head when taking a picture of someone so I do have a selfie stick but not for the purposes of the other people bought them and I certainly didn't win it in a competition I I paid paid three pounds for it but it's not it is quite a disposable thing. It's cheaply made. I certainly wouldn't put a very expensive or heavy flash on it because I feel it would fall apart really instantly. And to me, it, it summarises disposable culture, fads, and sort of this obsession people have with taking a photo of everything they do in their lives, be it good or bad. I was actually recently at a... a a Christmas concert that my daughter was in and I got really annoyed with everyone holding their phones up. Even people at the front of the audience were holding their phones up. So it meant people behind couldn't see anything. And that that really annoyed me. But I do feel that society has become like that. What do you think? That's one of my pet hates. So I used to play in bands for years and I like the idea that when I'm playing guitar that people are actually listening to me <laughs> or watching me. And sometimes you'd be playing, you'd look out into the audience and people do look at concerts and things through their phone screen. But a lot of the time people are also just off on their phone writing messages to people or are not paying attention. And when I, if I go to a concert myself, I think there's nothing worse than standing there when everybody around about you, they're not really experiencing the concert. They're looking at it through a tiny screen and filming it, which is even worse because they're not going to watch it back. It'll look awful. It's like they're living life through a camera lens and not actually seeing it for real i i completely agree with that most people who go to con if i went to a concert i would go to see an artist i like and and i would want to be there listen to their music enjoy it but it's like people nowadays just want to say where they are look at me i'm at this concert oh it was amazing it was really good here is the proof that i was there and share it on facebook or share it on instagram and i don't get the point in 
in doing that. I also don't get the point about like tweeting about a TV program, but maybe I'm just cynically old. I, I, I don't know. Well, I think things are possibly changing. Jack White from the White Stripes uh, on his recent tour has banned phones. Uh, if you go to see him at a venue, you have to leave your phone with the security. They've actually got a little system. can't remember what it's called, but it's a, a little bag sort of thing. You put the phone in and they store it safely for you and then you pick it up again on your way out because he hates that. He hates the idea of people coming to watch him and they spend the whole concert looking at it through their phone screen. That's a good sign. More of that would be good. But yeah, it's a strange... It's a strange way of doing things is looking at everything through a phone. It's the same when you, any tourist attraction that you go to as well. You can't actually see the thing for dozens of people standing with phones waving about in front of them. So yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of living life through a phone. Now, I, I, I completely agree. Why do we need to document everything we, we do? Let's just enjoy life. It, it's quite precious. Let's not document it. And document the mundane things. Yeah, if you, you've just had a baby, yeah. By all means, take a picture of it, but documenting that you've bought Smarties or or your bus is late and how annoyed you are that your bus is late, uh, who cares? Anyway, I sort of see the selfie stick as the modern equivalent of the tripod. If I was going somewhere to take a nice picture of a landscape, I would probably need to take a tripod to put my phone up. No, sorry, to put my camera on. How, how dare I say that? To put my camera on to get the image I want. So if all if all I do is take a picture with my phone, then to me a selfie stick seems a sensible accessory to help me take the picture I want. So I sort of see them as the modern equivalent of the tripod. Yeah, but you wouldn't set your tripod up in the middle of a crowded street and stand there in the way of everybody and everybody's bouncing off you and falling over you and tripping over the tripod. You wouldn't do that, or maybe you would, but you wouldn't probably do that. <laughs> I would if I was thoroughly inconsiderate. If I only cared about myself and I was really inconsiderate, then yeah, I would do that, wouldn't I? Because I, I would be an inconsiderate person. The practicalities of lugging a tripod around with me are quite quite difficult, though. And I rarely use a tripod. I think I've got maybe three of them. I've got and I've got you know gorilla pods and things like that. But the practicalities of using a tripod mean most people don't. And you know there are ways to overcome needing a tripod. Yeah, I suppose one of the things with a selfie stick is it is thoroughly portable. You can collapse it down. But I've got, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I've put my recorder on a tripod so I can look at it while I'm talking. And I've got one of the, it's not a three-legged, it's going to sound so stupid when I refer to a tripod as a three-legged thing. Do you know the make I'm talking about, three-legged thing? Yeah, i seen them. I was looking at reviews of them just last week. So I've got I've got a Velbon tripod which folds up really small and can fit in your hand really and and can fit in a rucksack really easily. It's probably in terms of stability not as good as a big full size tripod. That's the tripod I would use the most just because it's portable and it's light and it's not cumbersome. So I do get the idea of portable equipment. Actually, my photography has downsized quite recently. I'm more interested in traveling light now with photography. I'm more interested in one camera, one lens, maybe one flash, but in a small package, not lugging around a DSLR. What sort of philosophy do you have about equipment and speed and traveling light? Well, a few things. Tripods are my nemesis, I must say. Uh, I always lose the quick release plate. Uh, the amount of times that I've stuck the quick release plate on the camera, gone somewhere, been really annoyed with the fact that the quick release plate is on the bottom of the camera, taking it off, put it somewhere, and never found it again. And then when I have to use a tripod, 
oh, where's the quick release, release plate? It's gone. So I have to throw that one in the bin because it didn't have a removable head because it was a cheap tripod, etc. over and over. So yeah, I do have three tripods and zero uh, quick release plates. So I don't use them much. I did have an attempt to downsize a couple of years ago when I bought a, one of the little Fuji X100s. And the plan was that, yeah, I can do away with the big Canon 5Ds and battery packs and flashes and all that stuff. And I'll just have my little Fuji X100. But it's just not as much fun. I I have a Fuji X100, the, the original. And while I do really like that, it's I know exactly what you mean. When you have a DSLR, you have a guarantee that you'll get what you want. With a Fuji X100, you still have a guarantee you'll get what you want, but you have a lower guarantee. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll, half the time, the pictures from it, I didn't really like. There would be one or two that I'd think were good, but it's a nice camera. Don't get me wrong. I quite like it. It's probably really good for street photography, if that's your thing, but I don't do street photography. And I was trying to use it as a kind of portrait camera, kind of landscape camera, and it didn't do either that well. So... I've kind of changed and went the opposite direction, and I've just recently upgraded. The I was I was going to say the focusing is very slow on it, and, and manual focusing is really difficult on it. So actually, it's it's not very good as a street photography camera. I got one of the lens telephoto lens adapters for it, and I use that I use that on a um, portrait shoot, and the results I got I was really happy with. But it was a slow process. It was a slow experience. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that I occasionally missed focus. Now, if I used a DSLR, I wouldn't have missed focus half as much, but I missed focus quite a lot. It was I went to London to do this shoot, and I've actually talked about this shoot on other episodes because I was let down by my flash for the Fuji system because Fuji don't have the best flashes, and I was using a third-party flash, and the batteries played up, and it used AAA, so I was really disappointed with the flash and the way it worked, but... I got good images, but it was harder to get good images than it would have been with a DSLR. And I probably would have got more, a better variety of images and I would have been a bit happier with the shoot. But I would have been lugging around a DSLR, maybe a 50 millimeter lens, maybe a bigger lens. And I would have been lugging around a lot more equipment and a lot more weight, but I would have worked faster. Is that is that the sort of thing you found? Yeah, that was the main reason for trying the Fuji. Also, I think just to be quite discreet, I like the idea that it was smaller and wasn't as noticeable as as having the big camera. One of the things I've noticed around uh, here in Scotland, and you probably get this everywhere in the world, is we have certain parts of the country or buildings where you're not allowed to take pictures. And there's one quite near where I live, and it's gorgeous old palace, mansion building sort of thing, and it's in this really nice countryside. And I've taken models there to do some pictures. And if I go with the, the big Canon camera, every time some annoying little housewifey janitor person I don't know who she is. It's the same person every time. <laughs> she runs out and screams at me that I'm not allowed to take pictures there because it's a protected building or a copyrighted building or some such. And she, she shoes me off the land and scares me away. I tried going back there with just the Fuji and it was fine. Nobody mentioned anything. It was absolutely fine. I sat there for three or four hours, took lots of pictures of the building, of the models, and, and nobody cared. And it's almost as if they didn't realise it was a, in their mind, professional camera. I probably thought it was just a little snap camera or a big phone. So it was good for that. It did let me do shoots in places where otherwise they would tell you to leave because they thought you had a professional camera. I mean, I, I would completely disagree with that lady because you can take a picture of anything, but if it's a copyrighted building, you just would have difficulty selling it. But 
I guess you weren't doing it to sell or put on a calendar or anything like that. Yeah, people's perceptions are are huge. And you could have used a mobile phone with a selfie stick and she wouldn't have batted an eyelid, would she? No. I did find out later that there was a, an exhibition on inside this building where they were selling prints of the building. <laughs> and I don't know if maybe she thought I was trying to steal the thunder a little bit or competing with their favoured photographer. So there may have been something behind the scenes on that one. But yeah, that's a good thing about the Fuji. You can be more discreet, but I haven't used it much, I'll be honest. Used it the first two or three months, then kind of got bored and went straight back to the Canons. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm actually selling mine. I've had it for a couple of years and and I do like it. I found the autofocus was just not very good. It's fine for landscapes and stuff, but I I would generally take that camera out with my family and because my children are small, they move really quick. I would want good autofocus. So, I'm going to sell it and I bought a an X70 which is smaller and is a 28mm lens and the autofocus on that is fantastic. That's really quick and snappy. And that's become my sort of go-to camera. And that's even smaller and even more looks more like a compact. So I can definitely get quite good wide shots. I could get quite good sort of selfies with it. It's got a flip-up selfie screen. Not that I want that. But yeah, that, that sort of camera is, is becoming more my staple just because it's light. But if I do a portrait shoot, I will always pick up the DSLR from now on. I've learned my lesson and always pick up the DSLR. It's just such a workhorse and so more so much more reliable same here yeah i will always go for the the canon before the the fuji just an interesting side point there about the selfie sticks again thinking about it you know what the evolution of the selfie stick is yeah so the evolution of the selfie stick is obviously a drone yes i i i I would agree i see them as selfie drones they take pictures of you based on your hand gestures and they follow you around don't they yes so it's only a matter of time before you're walking down the street and there's three or four hundred drones uh, flying above your head, taking pictures of people. I mean, they're really. Co- I don't have one personally. Uh, I probably can't afford one, but I kind of do want to play with one. I think it'd be good for certain types of shoots. It'd be good for nice uh, landscape pictures. I think interesting. A little model is a tiny speck in the distance. So I do want one, and I've seen people that do a lot of uh, logging or vlogging, or they're really, really good for getting those sort of panoramic video shots uh, that you just couldn't do otherwise unless you had a helicopter. So I do want one for that sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's definitely the ultimate extension of the selfie stick where you just have a personal drone follow you around uh, filming you and taking pictures of everything that you do. I, I, I completely agree. You've been very insightful there. So in vlogs, you often see or, or very highly polished YouTube channels, you'll see someone doing something and then they sort of, it flies away into the distance and that's clearly from a, a drone. I agree. I thought you were going to talk about the Bluetooth, the ones you get where they, they've got a button on to actually take the picture um, when you said evolution. The only the only thing I would say about drones becoming the next selfie stick is just the cost of them. I mentioned at the start, I felt selfie sticks were quite disposable things. I think drones aren't disposable. I live in, I've got a three-story house and a while ago I wanted to check a problem on the roof. There's no way I'm going up on a ladder. So I bought a drone. And I bought a really cheap drone that had a camera in. And I think every drone has a camera in. And my plan was to fly it up to the top of the roof, take a picture so that I could see what the problem was on the roof. And I practiced with my drone inside and I learned to fly it. And I took it outside on a sunny day and I turned it on. And what do you think happened? You couldn't steer it and crashed into the house? Uh, probably a better outcome than that. <laughs> it, it flew up 
it stopped for a moment and then it just flew straight. So it flew up really high, stopped, flew away straight and I thought, oh, right, <laughs> my, my, my drone's escaping. I turned the controller off thinking, well, that will make it land somewhere. But no, it just flew off into the distance. I never saw it again. <laughs> and I never found out what was wrong in my roof. In the end, I had to pay someone to go up and fix it who, who could tell me what was wrong with the roof. But yeah, my success with drones hasn't been good. And and that's the problem. They're very, very easy to crash. There's an element of learning how to use them. So until they get incredibly smart and can follow people about, I, I do wonder whether everyone will be just drone filming themselves. I think I'd be quite scared if they got incredibly smart and started following everyone around. That's a whole that's a whole big brother thing going on there where you can send drones to follow other people. It's like stalking for the for the next century. Yes, you could stalk someone with a drone. Or maybe they'll get so smart that they'll say, You you walked this way yesterday. Just use yesterday's footage. It's the weather's the same. You walked this way yesterday. We don't need to go out today. I'm not doing it. Wouldn't that be good if drones were that smart that they could say no to people? It's it's the end of the world. All all these things. AI, artificial intelligence, a dangerous thing. I've seen the films. I know what happens. I don't know whether I, I, I class these things with, as artificial intelligence. Probably good algorithm. So I have an, uh, an Amazon Echo. Thankfully, it's turned off. But when I say Alexa and I give her voice commands, I, oh, I've inferred it's a she as well. That's interesting. When I give her voice commands, I don't get a high success rate of doing things unless it's a very specific task. I'll quite often ask for her to play music and I'll get some really random choice put on. I think this wasn't what I wanted. This wasn't what I asked for. They're not quite intelligent enough. And and if you ask her anything about herself, she really isn't very good at giving a good answer. I don't have one of those. I tend to avoid them with my Glaswegian accent. All voice recognition systems are an absolute disaster. I play games quite a lot and I've got a thing called voice attack. So it carries out commands in-game based on commands that you say. So you can get it to, if it's a car driving game, for example, you could use it to change the brakes or the gears or whatever you want to do. I've got I've got a, a flight simulator, so I use it for flight simulator functions such as landing gears or putting lights on or things like this. And it's an absolute disaster. Half the time when I'm trying to fly and I'm saying things to it like, lower the landing gear, or it won't actually lower the landing gear. It'll probably try and shoot someone instead or... It will reverse and things like this. So, yeah, voice recognition. Long way to go when it comes to people with strong accents like mine, or Welsh people, I suppose, or Irish people. I think they're more... Yeah, a Glaswegian accent, a very thick Glaswegian accent, must cause a bit of server overload for the Amazon servers that have to deal with the echo and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. So, I mean, we've we've today's topic has been about selfie sticks, and I suppose we've we've chatted more about what the selfie stick symbolizes. And it symbolizes to me a move in society to more sort of narcissistic, selfish, look at me attitude. I've I'm going to the I'm going to a concert. I'm here, look at me, aren't I good? You must all know that I'm going to the concert. And really we we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about the march of technology, drones, the future of these things, automation. Not not a particularly nice not a particularly nice picture, is it? Yes and no. Yeah, there, there are some positives. I, I can't say it's a bad thing that people take more pictures. It's, it's quite a good thing. There's more photography than there's ever been. People are more interested in sharing pictures of what they're doing and pictures of other things. You see an awful lot of what I'd call landscape pictures when you look on Instagram and Facebook. 
it's just people going on holiday, taking pictures, but they're maybe putting more thought into it than they would have done 10, 20 years ago. And, and they're trying to create something nice. I see that as that's a positive thing. People, it gets people interested in photography. And a lot of people have maybe started off as just taking pictures with their phone, have now advanced into buying proper cameras. And some of them are really, really good photographers. And they're very, very young. This is I know an awful lot of photographers around about sort of early 20s that are really, really good. And their experience before becoming a photographer was purely selfie sticks, mobile phones, and, and what they could do with that. So that's an interesting development. And as we said earlier, that sort of led to the idea that 35mm lenses are, are more accepted now for portrait lenses or for just whatever it is you're shooting, 35mm lens looks fine. So that's a good thing. The negative, yeah, you're right, narcissistic. It's a very much me culture. We didn't have this uh, as old-timers back in the 80s <laughs> or even the 90s. We didn't have mobile phones. Uh, so this sort of thing didn't exist. And you get this weird thing where you can walk into a room and there could be 10 people in the room and every single one of them is on the phone, not talking to each other. They're, they're not communicating. So you have this bizarre conundrum of a communication device and this idea that our communication is better than it's ever been before. We can talk to people on the other side of the world instantly. We can send them a picture straight away, but we don't speak to the person sitting right next to us. It's this odd it's a mix between the two cultures. I agree. It's never been it's never been easier to communicate, yet we are becoming more introverted. No, I, I, I completely agree. And actually, before, before before doing this podcast, I had thought that mobile phones and really, I should say camera phones rather than mobile phones, camera phones have been responsible for people having more interest in photography. And, and yes, that is a good thing. I think people probably think less of it when they take a picture now. If you remember back to the film days, you had 24 or 36. Maybe you've got 37 because the the film was a little bit longer, but you really thought about taking that image because you couldn't see it for a week because it took time to be developed. You didn't know what you were going to get and you were maybe a little bit cautious about just taking a snap of anything. Yes, we've probably got more people using, uh, more people taking images, more people sharing images. We haven't necessarily got more people putting thought into their images, but why would, do you need to put thought in when you've, got almost unlimited storage of photos. Yeah, I suppose that's a that's a fair point. I will point out that at this point that is um what you can't see is that on two shelves behind me are 48 old Polaroid cameras. And they're a strange symbol of instant film kind of mix in that you really have to think about the picture before you take it because it's two pound a, uh, a print on the modern Polaroids from, used to be called Impossible Project, but they've changed their name to Polaroid again. And you buy a pack of eight films, and it works at roughly two pound uh, for each picture that, that you that you shoot. So yeah, you really have to think about those before you take one. But at the same time, it's instant, so it's not quite like film where you have to send it away and wait several weeks for it to come back. It takes about half an hour, I think, with the, the modern uh, Polaroid film. So that's a kind of odd mix between the two things again. In one hand, it's throwaway; it's just a Polaroid, but at the same time, it's so damned expensive. Uh, that you, you've got to really think about every picture before you take it. So that's a mix. I love the old Polaroid cameras. That's something I've been interested in for years. Don't take as much pictures with them these days, I suppose, just because they're so expensive. But yeah, that's the forerunner to the selfie stick and the, the mobile phone cameras in a way, I suppose, and that you've got this quick-to-take camera with you. You can easily take a picture. It's developed there and then in front of you. You can see it straight away. So the, in some ways, they're the, the precursor. 
to the modern trend. There has always been a, a call for sort of getting things quickly. And I think with, with Polaroid, you there were compromises, weren't there? And there still are compromises with Polaroid and instant film. They weren't quite as good as 35, but you did get them. You did get them there and then. And you could all oh, look at that and, and you'd taken it. I like instant film and I, I've got a few Instax cameras that I like to use. One of the things, bizarrely, I like about it is I can't edit the image. I, I will, I'll, I'll t- take a digital image and I, I'll edit it and I'll get it the way I want it. But actually, one of the things I like about using instant film or film is I cannot edit it. I don't spend my time in front of a computer editing it. Once I've taken it, that's that. Good or bad, that's the image. Is that maybe another positive then of selfie sticks and mobile phone cameras? Is that uh, what you're seeing is the real thing? I mean, yeah, I'll do the same. I, I can spend hours in Photoshop fixing a picture that I've taken. It might be simple stuff, it might just be the exposure or adjusting the white balance, or it might be quite complex stuff where I'm changing people's eyes or arms <laughs> or moving limbs around. Uh, I don't do that often, but I can do it. Whereas when someone's taking selfie uh, stick pictures or mobile phone pictures, at least what you see is real. So there may be a kind of a trend towards that. You've certainly seen it in the fashion world and magazines where people kind of don't want to see so much of the heavily photoshopped or airbrushed pictures and we're getting this idea that things should be more real. In a way, if you're used to the selfie sticks at our generation, then yeah, that's what they get. It's, it's out the camera, that's what they post, other than maybe a little Instagram filter on the top. So that's maybe a positive. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right there. You 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 take a selfie to capture a moment or, or to prove you're somewhere, or to prove you're doing something. So yeah, you, you probably wouldn't, I don't know anyone who would edit it. Certainly slapping a filter on top to give it that sort of aesthetic look people will do. No one really edits it because it, it's just capturing a moment in time. It's not creating an image like you would if you're doing a portrait shoot and then you'd edit it. You For those images, you have an image in mind, I'm guessing. With a selfie stick and a selfie image, you just take a selfie and it's like that they're different sort of mindsets i think and i think you're right to identify that yeah that's an interesting development certainly and that we're we're moving away from what i'd call traditional photography even if it's only traditional since the the late 90s uh, from the traditional digital era photography as a lot of photographers i speak to have maybe said things like they don't seem to be getting as much attention anymore in pictures like loves and likes and comments across the different sites that they're on uh, and there seems to be a bit of a follow from like we said at the beginning, our sort of what you'd call traditional studio style portraiture and photography, and this more modern Instagram look, which is based on the selfie stick style and phone camera style, is way more popular now. And yeah, that's a, that's a definite shift that's happening. I, I don't mind. I'm quite happy to jump on board it rather than keep doing the same thing that I've been doing over and over and over again. It's it's, it's good to see new trends and developments and and be ready to adapt to change. And I will admit. I have done a few shoots recently, as I said at the beginning, where I have deliberately copied that look, deliberately used a 35mm lens and put people off-centre or with the wrong framing in the picture uh, just to get that sort of look. And I really like it. I think it looks great. And I will continue doing that rather than putting someone in front of a white background and getting the compression right with the lens and things. So, yeah, not all negatives. There's some positive things from the selfie stick crowd generation development. Yeah, it's 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 fashion and trends, isn't it? I remember when portraits in front of an infinite white background were were big, like the Steve Jobs look, and that's sort of fallen out of fashion as well, I think. I've did a lot of that as well. There's been 
I did watch a programme recently about uh, photography trends where they went through a whole lot of things that have come and gone over the years. There was the, the weird thing in the 80s where you used to have someone's picture and then within the picture you'd like a floating version of their picture, this <coughs> odd black background thing. I saw one's face and then a mini version of their face at a different angle up to the side of it. Uh, and then you had the over-the-top glamour stuff with the glamour glow effect. Yeah, that sort of soft focus type thing. Yeah. yeah. Vaseline on the lens sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And the other the other sort of one that is probably a cliche now is is an image where it's all black and white apart from one colour. Do you remember those? I hate that. Well, when they came out, they looked quite good, but it was done to death and now... Because it was done to death, it's become cliche. Yeah, selective color or that, color. That's popping. the one selective color. I I, th- I think I first saw it in the film Schindler's List, and I I was I thought oh, that's quite powerful. But the more the more you see something, the less of an impact it has, and it's been that's been done to death, unfortunately. Yeah, that's another one. And HDR, especially on landscapes and and things like that, or landscapes with a ridiculously oversaturated sky. Yeah, I think HDR can look good if it's done well. In fact, if it's done well, you don't even know it's a HDR. But yes, over-processed HDR, again, has become has gone in and out of fashion, hasn't it? When it first came out, it was, oh, that image is different. Mm, look at that. And now it's oh, one of those again. Yeah, I've done I've done all of these things <laughs> in the past. I'm guilty of almost every uh, cliche uh, that you can that you can mention. We all are. I'm I've done them as well um, because you do. And you do, I wonder whether this sort of 35 millimeter Instagram look with a filter on will become cliche soon if it hasn't already. Slightly progressing on from that, you have um, the current trend is very much sparklers and light bulbs. And I don't know if you've seen these. And Some of the fi- pictures are fantastic. They're really, really well done. When they started off, it was quite original. It was uh, Brandon Wolfel. I think, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name. I think it's Brandon Wolfel. Uh, as a photographer that made this quite famous, where you have a girl with glasses holding some fairy lights or LEDs or standing next to some neon signs, and you have a very pastel shades. And they look great, and I, I genuinely like them. Uh, I follow them on Instagram, and I love all his pictures. But now it's become that every second or third picture you see looks exactly like one of his pictures. And they're all still popular. If you can post one of these pictures, and you're guaranteed to be uh, loved by many people on Instagram. But it's yeah, it's just it's it's now becoming that. Uh, it's another one of those. Uh, it's another one of those. Uh, it's another one of those. So it's, and it's a shame because the original, <clears throat> the original pictures are fantastic, and his style was obviously inspirational. But there's a difference between inspiration and straight up copying uh, something, which unfortunately has happened. Well, imitation is the um, biggest form of flattery, isn't it? Yeah, it's just imitation or replication. It's fine to take an influence from something, make that into your own style or mix it with what you currently do and use bits of that and try and do something a little bit different. But if what you do is go out and just 100% copy something you've seen already, eh, it's a little bit pointless. Mm. And on that note of pointless, it's probably a good point to stop the podcast. So we've been talking today, myself and Strat, about many, many things, but really the, the topic was selfie sticks and 
it's it's unearthed a lot of feelings i think uh, i think that would be fair to say it's unearthed a lot of commentary on current trends and things to do with photography and probably wider society so it's been a very interesting podcast so i want to thank strat for talking to me today and i want to say to our listeners don't forget to like us give us a comment and give us a review on itunes and I'm also going to mention sponsorship. If you did want to sponsorship or support podcast, please do drop me a line and we'll see what we can do because my costs have ramped up significantly. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.